Hi, and welcome to Cause Pods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here on the podcast, we have one simple mission to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes, whether it's a nonprofit they work with, a charity they support, a social justice campaign they're championing, a medical condition they're battling, or someone who is just looking to make a positive impact on their local community, their state, the country, or the world. These are podcasters with a positive mission. Along with raising awareness for our guest's favorite cause, we're also going to see if we can raise some money to support their efforts. So make sure you check out the show notes for each episode at causepods.org to learn more about what they're doing and how to help them achieve their goals. Taking the show across the pond today, very excited to be chatting with Oliver Thompson-Smith. He is the host of a show you wouldn't know. It is all about normalizing the conversation around mental health and the stigma that exists with related topics such as suicide. Oliver, thank you so much for joining us here on Cause Pots today. Thank you for having me on the show today, Matthew. It's a real privilege to be on here to talking today. And it is a privilege to learn more about your show and your cause. So before we start anything else, why are you so interested in and why are you tackling conversations around mental health and the stigmas that still exist around these topics? For me, it's a subject that really touches close to my heart. I am somebody who has his own lived mental health experience. I'm somebody for the last five or six years now been diagnosed with PTSD, that's post-traumatic stress disorder, and depression. And I'm someone who has also tried to make an attempt at their own life. And for me, when I was struggling in my darkest moments, when I was really struggling and didn't know who to turn to, it was these types of conversations. It was the worry that if I mentioned to somebody, I'm struggling with this, or I'm having these dark thoughts, that they'd look at me like I was a monster. They'd look at me like I was a character from a horror movie villain because that's how a lot of mental health is unfortunately still portrayed. So for me, having a place where people can come on and say, look, this is who I am, this is what I'm dealing with, kind of helps battle that stigma, kind of helps tackle some of those images and it really helps have and move that conversation forward when it comes to things such as mental health and suicide. I am so sorry that you have had to deal with these struggles. I'm glad you're still here with us and I'm glad you're able to talk about it more freely and that you have a platform to express yourself and to help people out. Feel free to tell me no, you don't want to answer, but can I ask what led to the PTSD? Sure. So about 10 years ago, I was a second year university student and unfortunately I was a victim of a mugging. I was attacked, I was stabbed, and whilst the physical scars from that healed up relatively quickly, it was the mental scars that sustained, and it was the mental scars that I never really got help for. I suffered for about four to five years in silence with flashbacks, nightmares, panic attacks, and some really intrusive thoughts. And it wasn't until I had a full breakdown when I was working on a project down in London, when I had my first episode where I tried to take my own life, that help was really thrust upon me. I didn't reach out for help. I didn't ask for help. I got given it because I put myself in a situation where I needed to have it. And it was after that moment where I started to realize that things such as mental health should be talked about more. You know, I'm someone that has PTSD. And when you hear PTSD, you, or I certainly did when I was younger, You'd think of war heroes, war veterans, people have been overseas. And in the media, it was always the, vet the um, veteran from Vietnam who's seen some things. That was the PTSD joke. I never thought I had that. I didn't think I could, what I went through could relate to something like that. I never put or ever felt that what I had was serious enough to be on that same level. 
So finding out that no, actually PTSD is just simply going through any traumatic events really kind of helped me realize and understand that it's not that big a thing. And it's something that a lot of people will cope with and have to deal with. And it's something that we can and should be able to talk about. It's absolutely something we can and should be able to talk about. And, and again, I'm sorry that you had to go through that experience. It's interesting you say that about PTSD and that it has that very close association affiliation to armed services, to veterans, in some cases, maybe even those in law enforcement, right? Because it's just so quickly associated with that wartime type thing. And and nothing about the name actually suggests it has anything to do. It's just post-traumatic stress, any stress that is caused after you have dealt with some sort of trauma. And you're right. Anybody can experience that for any number of reasons. Why do you think it is that you didn't even think to go out there and find help? What was it about either your social circles or where you lived or the country or the world as a whole that you think made it so that you didn't even think that you should be seeking help for it? It just never crossed my mind that what I had was a mental illness. Even 10 years ago, mental illness wasn't talked about the way that it's talked about today, which when you think about it, it's really, it's really too soon to be able to say something like that. But mental illness, it just wasn't talked about as much. So when I was going through what I was going through, and the only times I'd ever touched, you know, seen mental illness was generally in portrayals in the media. As I said too early, you know, there's in horror movies, it always deals with someone that's escaped from an insane asylum. That was the stigma I had with mental illness, that you had to be a crazy person who needed locking up, locking away. So if I were to say, me, this 20, 21-year-old who's just been through what I'd been through, for me to open up to people and say, look, I'm starting to have these thoughts, I'm starting to have these feelings, I'm starting to feel like I don't want to be here anymore, I felt like people would see me like they'd see the villains in horror movies. They wouldn't see the laid-back 21-year-old who didn't worry about anything. And then they see something much darker. So I bottled it up because I thought it would be the easiest way to try and cope with it, just to ignore it or at least not tell anybody about it so they wouldn't look at me differently. You know, we did an episode of Cause Pods a little while back, and I'm blanking, of course, on the show, and I'll, I'll think of it a little bit later. But right, we talked about mental health, mental illness. We talked about the stigma that's around it. And honestly, where we should be in a place not where – you have to have gone through something to seek mental health care, mental health treatment, but mental health should almost be a part of regular health. Seeing someone talking about your problems should almost be part of maybe an annual physical kind of a thing, or you know, maybe everyone should just go for a screening and just make sure that you're not bottling something up that could be worked on, that could be dealt with in a healthier environment but you're right we we one we treat it in many cases like it makes us a threat in some cases to society if we need mental health treatment two it's not well funded i mean it's starting to get a little bit better but even still i think you guys have a different system than we do but mental health isn't always part of what is covered in insurance and three we don't think that everybody has to go through it and you know what? It was we talked to Al Levin about battling depression and a lot of the stigmas around it, right? And I remember admitting on that show my own, like I started to go through therapy and 
for a long time. Not that I was ashamed of it, but I just didn't want to talk about it. But I think everybody should be seeing someone just because there's nothing wrong with having somebody to talk to. Absolutely. And we should be able to go see somebody and talk about our mental health as much as we decide to go to see a doctor or a GP to talk about our physical health. You know, if I were to fall over and sprain my ankle or sprain my arm or, you know, I just have a migraine that I can't get rid of. I have no qualms about going to a doctor and seeing some help for that. I have no issues about taking some painkillers to help alleviate the pain. And yet when it comes to mental health, just because we don't see it, just because it's not a physical thing that you can see, we have these hang-ups about going to see somebody to talk about our feelings. Even just taking medication, there's still that stigma around mental health medication, antidepressants, anti-anxiety tablets, all the different types of sleeping medications that there are. We have such a refusal sometimes to even open up and talk about these things that it really holds the conversation back and it really stops people who would benefit from seeing a therapist. I think everybody, as you alluded to, everyone should feel comfortable enough to go just talk to somebody and see a therapist, whether it is low-level anxiety, like myself with PTSD, whatever it might be, just have a regular time to have a conversation with somebody about the way they're doing. Could really change a lot of people for the better in terms of their own mental health, you know, having it on that par with physical health. Well, and even to your point, you were the victim of a crime. It should have been one of the first things that the police said to you was, hey, you look, your your wounds are going to heal. I don't know if they caught the guy or, or girl. They didn't catch the guy, no. They did not. But right, like we're doing everything we can on our end, but here, please go talk to this person. That should almost be just a part of procedure, right? It baffles my mind to this day and when I look back and think about it that I wasn't offered anything. And it's still over here in the UK. A lot of the people's access to mental health resources is very dependent upon their postcode. You know, it's like a postcode lottery sometimes, depending which area you're in. You could have an amazing mental health treatment facility or you could have you could have nothing at all. It's something that I touched upon in a recent episode of mine with Ellie, who spent time in a psych ward, and she was in two different units that were completely different in the way they treated essentially the same thing. One was a purpose-built facility that was so focused on dealing with mental health and dealing with all the potential issues that somebody might have. But the first unit was just a unit that you'd often, you thought they've long since abandoned. It was a place where people went, they gave them their medication and they were stuck there. And that's still literally something that happened last year. So we're still not getting it right, even though we're trying to move on this conversation forward. So let's talk a little bit more about the podcast itself. So you had these struggles, you started getting some help. You seem like you're in a much better place today. So then what was it that made you think, let's do a podcast? Well, since being in recovery and since, you know, everything that happened, I started to become more and more involved with charities and mental health organizations just outside of work because I felt like I'd been so supported. So many people had helped me that I wanted to start trying to do something and kind of help the conversation forward. So I started volunteering here. I started doing a few speaking sessions in work, going to other organizations to talk about mental health. And it was really in the last year or so where I kind of got the idea that maybe to start an actual podcast on this, actually start having some of the conversations I was having, but recording them and, you know, with people who are comfortable enough to share them with the rest of the world. And I started doing this. The first two episodes I actually recorded back in October of last year, but through my own anxiety and depression, I stopped. I ignored them. I kind of 
didn't think they were good enough or didn't think anyone would want to listen to them. And it was only in this lockdown where I actually decided, you know what, recording them was really beneficial for me. It helped me feel better, I guess. And having something like that to focus on is going to be really useful with everything that's going on in the world right now. So that's where really the emphasis on restarting it and moving forward with the few episodes that I have released already really started. What was your experience with audio production in general? What was it like getting started to do something like this? It was a little daunting at first. I had a bit of experience a few years back when I did a bit of work for this little small local online entertainment magazine here in the UK. But actually going about it and doing anything by myself was a bit daunting. Thankfully, I have a few friends who are involved with Twitch streaming. So they gave me a few pointers here and there in terms of which microphones to get, what sound system to sort out, that type of stuff. But actually, for me anyway, and anxiety-wise, it was a big step forward to take. But it's one that I'm working through and it's one that I'm always learning. Every, every episode I release, I learn something new about it, the process. So tell us, what are your episodes like? Who are your guests and, and what is the focus? If somebody hearing this who may be having their own struggles with mental health or somebody who is looking to find a platform to help normalize the conversations around mental health wants to use this, what can they expect from your episodes? So each week is a different guest who may have a lived personal mental health experience or they might be someone that works in the mental health field. And it is just a conversation that I have with them because we often hear when it comes to mental health that we should be talking about it more, we should be having these conversations more. And a lot of people don't really know what that conversation can look like. So my hope is with the episodes I release that you can get a little bit of an idea of what those conversations can sound like and also learn something from the people who are talking so openly and honestly. You know, the title of my podcast is You Wouldn't Know because as someone with mental ill health, I often hear the phrase oh you wouldn't know oliver went through this you wouldn't know so and so went through that because very often people with mental health are often judged upon the fact that you can't see what they've been through and that's meant to be a positive thing that you've not been able to see what they've been through so my idea is you know what these conversations everyone has struggled at some point or everyone potentially has the potential to struggle so let's normalize that conversation and let's see what people have to say and what their stories are and let people share their experiences. And they range from people with just anxiety they picked up in the workplace to people who have been sectioned to people who suffered from substance misuse early on in life. So there's a range of topics and conversations that deal with the different strands of mental Ill health. And for me, it's I found every conversation I've had has been absolutely fascinating and it's been a really positive experience because I've got to talk to somebody that I would never have spoken to otherwise. That's amazing. So how do you get people to listen? Not so much folks who are potentially battling with mental health issues or in the space, but the idea with so many cause pods, and it's something that we all struggle with. So I like to ask the creators what they're doing, maybe something we can all learn from, but we want to get this information to the hands of people who need it before it's too late. And how do we encourage folks who don't think that they are struggling with mental health issues, though, to become aware of your project and your conversations and your cause when they don't think it applies to them? That's a really interesting question. I mean, it's a question that I still find myself, you know, asking myself when it comes to sharing this, because I share it in all the usual places, all the different social medias. And any guest who comes on, you know, I ask it to share their story as well on their platforms that they wish to share them on. And it is always a question of how can you reach to somebody who doesn't think it applies to them. But 
with mental health, the stats say that one in four of us are going to struggle with something at some point. I know that even if you might not be struggling now, I'm sure you've seen somebody who might have. So it's about reaching out and engaging them and saying, look, it's okay to have these types of conversations and whether you don't think it applies to you, you certainly can take what we talk about and apply it to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I think one, yes, absolutely. I can. I have a few people I can think of right off the top that have struggled with mental health or continue to struggle with mental health. I would be hard-pressed to know anybody who doesn't have someone close to them who's not dealing with mental health issues. Like I said, one in four. It's unavoidable. And also, I don't want to make it sound like it's a problem. We all are different. We are all going through a lot. I mean, just in the world that we are living in today creates a lot of mental health issues. Quarantining, sheltering, job loss, anxiety, fear. It's almost like, how can you not have a mental health struggle in the world that we're living in today? Exactly that is a story that sticks with me because it's oftentimes the people that you don't think of having it are the one or the people that you see are the most happiest can often be the times who the ones who are struggling the most in silence i still remember today the first time i ever did a talking session i went back to the project i was working on where i had my first breakdown and i gave a talk about mental health because it was world mental health day and i again went back and did a talk on just mental health in general and then touched upon my story touched upon why i was starting to talk about this talk about the subject and I went through it all, touched upon my story, touched upon the facts and figures that you hear. It's about a 20 minute conversation. And at the end of it, I left it open for question and answers. And there was a couple beats of silence where I was bricking it thinking, oh God, no one's liked it. But then this guy stands up and he's about 60 years old, had been in the industry for 40 odd years. I work in construction. So he'd been working in the industry, construction industry for 40 odd years. And he just stands up and says, I'm somebody who for the last 30 years has been struggling with depression and for the last 20 years been taking medication for it. And I've never said that openly to anybody in my life before. And it's a story that sticks with me because after that, people just started sharing. And this guy that's first stood up and shared, everyone looked up to him. He was always the happy one. He was always the construction manager. You could go to on site and he would deal with your problem and help you through it. You would never think that he was struggling at all. But he'd kept it silent for so long and then finally found it time enough to say, you know what, I want to share this. How did that feel to have that kind of impact, to really encourage, like you said, someone who's been known in the industry to, to stand up and do that? It's a moment that will, I think, forever stick with me because that's what I think really solidified me wanting to become a mental health advocate, for wanting to keep talking, for wanting to keep doing what I'm doing because after any talk that I give if it just touches one person if one person says actually that's me or that's my friend then something's good has come out of what I've been through in my life so seeing that one guy stand up and share let the rest of the room know it's okay to share their stories and the conversation about mental health just kind of rolled on that entire afternoon if after my talk finished people were still talking about mental health for the rest of that day and it was just it's a moment and a feeling that i think is always going to stick with me congratulations that's amazing keep up the good fight then just don't stop so having now done this for a few episodes what's been the biggest lesson right what's your takeaway for the next person who wants to launch themselves a cause pod and might not have any expertise don't be afraid don't be afraid to not start because that fear, that anxiety, which is what stopped me 
after I'd you know, recorded two sessions really lingered a lot in my brain and it left me thinking oh well I could have you know what if I launched it maybe I'd be here or if I'd launched it maybe I'd have done something sooner but don't let that fear of not doing something prevent you from going out and you know making your podcast making your project whatever it is that you want to do don't let yourself hold you back and yes it can be a trial you know you're going to be teaching yourself things that you've never thought you'd get involved with but that's all part and parcel of it. And that's part of the experience. And you learn and you get better from it. Couldn't have said it better myself. So the cause here that we are supporting, the Mental Health Foundation, this is out of the UK, mentalhealth.org.uk. We'll have a link to the foundation as well as their donate link directly. Tell me your involvement again with them a little bit and what we can do to help them out. Yeah, so the Mental Health Foundation are one of the leading charities, leading organizations in the UK that tackle the subject of mental health. Whenever you hear of World Mental Health Day or World Mental Health Week, they're generally the ones behind it setting the agenda for that week. So for this year, it was meant to be around sleeping, but they changed it due to the coronavirus outbreak to say, you know what, we need to do something that's more in line with what's going on in the world right now. And they do so much work in terms of training people and educating people and being there for the people that need it most. I myself have been trained as a mental health first aider through the Mental Health Foundation. And it's just a really valuable tool to have um, because we have physical first aiders absolutely everywhere. If you cut your wrist or you fall over, however you injure yourself, generally there'll probably be a first aider who knows physically how to treat you pretty close by. Well, it should be the same with mental health and their mental health first aider training is a really invaluable tool to have if you want to be able to, you know, you see someone who might be struggling, how to properly reach out to them and it gives you a few pointers and a few tips to how to reach out to somebody who might be having a crisis. It doesn't make you a therapist, doesn't make you a psychiatrist, but it does allow you, does it provide you the tools to have that initial conversation with somebody and then help them in the right direction. Well, like we said, we are going to have a link to the Mental Health Foundation. I don't care if you're not in the UK. I don't care if you're anywhere in the rest of the world. Mental health is important for everybody. Let's show them the great work that Oliver is doing and throw them a, a little donation. Look, we've learned from past episodes. It doesn't have to be a lot, even a dollar or two. Showing higher numbers of donors, even if it's not a higher amount, is just as important as if you can write a big check. So let's try and do that we'll put a link of course into the show notes check the show notes of course for a link to oliver's show by the time you're hearing this hopefully a brand new web page that we're we're going to have built for him follow him on social media check out the show on apple google spotify the usual places and oliver just want to again say thank you for taking the time thank you for the work you're doing thank you for taking the time thank you for being here and fighting and thank you for joining us here on cause Spots. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause Pods. Again, if you've been inspired by the work of our guests, please check out the show notes in your podcast app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their work and a special donation link to support their favorite efforts. From there, you can also follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And remember, if you have a Cause Pod and want to join me for an interview, please check out causepods.org and fill out the interview request form. If approved, we'll schedule you for a chat and share the amazing work you're doing with the CausePod audience. Thanks again, and see you next time on CausePods. Pods.